doesn't take millions of dollars to be happy. Christine Tay, financial coach from the U.S., shares how she helps people create budgets, get rid of debt, and foster healthy relationships with money. Her mantra, love money and it will love you, helps keep an abundance mindset, but she reminds us that money is just a tool. In this interview, Christine reveals how she grew her LinkedIn network to over 25,000 people in under six months. She tells us about her jump from the corporate world to becoming an entrepreneur. She also gives advice for new entrepreneurs and the methods she chose to grow her business. Visit tayfinancialcoaching.com, spelled T-E-H financialcoaching.com to work with Christine or connect with her on LinkedIn. In the meantime, keep listening to hear why Christine works her hardest the first two weeks of every month. The No Formula Podcast offers a glimpse into the lives of real entrepreneurs who possess a variety of experiences and backgrounds. Through raw conversations, learn about their passions, journeys, setbacks, and milestones. Join host Laura L. Bernhardt as she confirms that there is, in fact, no formula to success. Get inspired and stay motivated throughout your entire journey. Subscribe today. Hi, Christine. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity uh, to interview me. I'm very um, glad you reached out. Yes, it's awesome. Well, I obviously found you on LinkedIn. You're so popular there. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> thank <What>? you. Anyway, <laughs> are are you at eighteen thousand yet? I I just passed twenty five thousand followers. Oh my god. <laughs> When was the last time I looked at your profile that you were at 17,000? <laughs> yeah, I saw your, uh, yeah, I, I think you mentioned 17,000. So I'm not sure when that was. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're, you're past 25,000? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to reach 26 in a bit. Okay, so 26,000 LinkedIn connections. Can I ask you what your secret is? Um, you know, there's really no secret. It's just, um, it's, you just have to be very active active on LinkedIn so I post daily and then um I interact daily I respond to all comments I um I connect with everyone who like my posts Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just you just have to be out there you know like it's it's literally social networking so you have to be open to connect open to networking and just provide value and and yeah I mean yeah that's that's it's really that simple because it's the same algorithm pretty much on Facebook and Instagram but but you can only be good at one platform, right? Because you only have so much time to put into one platform. Yeah. Well, how much time do you do you spend, let's say, per day on LinkedIn? Um, so I post every morning, like when I get up between 7 to 8. So when I post, I usually hang out LinkedIn for an hour, responding to comments and, you know, browsing around, make sure, keep up with my notification. Then after that... You know, I lately I've been trying to not be on LinkedIn the whole day, so I usually just close my browse. I just close my browser and and you know throughout the day I'll probably go go there once in a while, check in for like half an hour and then close it. Otherwise, it it, it takes up too much of your time. You just leave mm-hmm. it on the whole day. <laughs> yeah, and especially like the people who are managing several platforms, at least you're focusing on one and you're doing it very very well. Yeah, I tried to be on Instagram, but it's it's just hard because you have, you know, it's the same algorithm, right? You have to engage, you have to interact. So there's really only so much time because I, I feel like I get LinkedIn algorithm. You mm-hmm. know, Instagram is like, I heard from other people, it's really hard for you to grow. Like you literally need to have influencers supporting you for you mm-hmm. to grow or you have to pretty much pay for it to grow. So it's, yeah. not, it's not as easy as in LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, when did you when did you start growing your network on LinkedIn? I um so I've always been on LinkedIn for as long as I remember, but mm-hmm. I I never use it for you know marketing purposes or branding purposes. Only it was only when I quit my job. So I quit my job May of last year, and of course I you know I figure I need to expand where I'm marketing or getting leads. So so my my target market is actually uh, working professionals. So where do they hang out? LinkedIn is like the perfect place. Mm-hmm. So I decided, um, yeah, I want to spend time on LinkedIn. So I started being very active in September of last year. And um, yeah, I think that was the time where I really start engaging with people Then I start posting. Initially, I was only posting maybe four times a week, but over time, and I think 
I kind of feel like something was missing if I don't post. So I, it's just like part of my habit to just post every morning. So I, mm-hmm. I post every day now. So how do you know what to, what to post every day? You know, you just have to be open to inspiration. So, mm-hmm. you know, in your daily life, like, you know, there's always something to talk about. So anytime I have an idea in my head, I usually just type it on my iPad. You know, I just type it in notes. Oh, talk about this. So I just usually just draft note here and there. And then like the night before, you know, and like tonight I'll probably finalize. Oh, what do I post for tomorrow? So I'll write it down create mm-hmm. a picture on Canva or, or a video. If I have more time, then I'll do a video. Then I'll just edit and make sure everything's correct. Then by the time I wake up, all I have to do is just copy and paste. Wow. So in less than six months, you, you built your network to over 25,000. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I guess that's, that's the power of LinkedIn, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, it's a slow game. So you can expect it to um you know like you show up on linkedin and all of a sudden you're gonna have plenty of clients no it doesn't work that way so Mm -hmm. i started being very active september but i didn't get a lot of clients the last uh, last month in january i got three clients who closed with me so that took me a couple of months before that it was you know i must I, i mean i was getting leads i was talking to people but they weren't closing so it takes mm-hmm. a while you have to build your brand and you know people yeah. have to you have to earn the you know know like and trust factor and then you know you just have to keep showing up and then not focusing on sales you you pretty much you know you 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 start messaging them take the relationship offline from the public comments and just just chat with them like you would chat anybody, you know, at a networking event. You don't, you know, just imagine you're an in-person networking event. You're not going to sell them something right away. Oh, that's what I do. You want to get on a call? So mm-hmm. you, you have to kind of get to know them and just, I don't know. I just, I just try not to expect any sales anymore. More like I connect with them and then, you know, and then usually conversation starts and then, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I help people with finances. And they're like, Oh, really? And then I start asking them, yeah, if you don't mind sharing, you know, what, uh, you know, about your financial journey right now. And sometimes they're open about it. And then they're, I offer, yeah, would you like to chat sometime? And they're like, yeah, sure, of course. And then, then we set up a time to chat. And then if they feel it's a good fit, then they sign up. Yeah. And I think your your story is also very important for people to hear because, yes, you can have a lot of connections, but that doesn't necessarily mean revenue. So. Yeah. So now you're like, you're starting to get those leads and you're starting to convert them, but it's not instantaneous. Oh no. Yeah. You cannot expect that. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a long game. Yeah. If you, ex- if you expect to um, have clients right away, usually what those people do is they do cold messaging. They do the numbers game. They like cold message a hundred people. Then mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, <laughs> like 20% of that would get on the call. And then after that, then I don't know how many percent it trickles down to. So, so it just get very tiring. I actually did that in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. I bought this <laughs> online, I bought this online course that literally told me to do that. So I was like, I keep doing that. I'm like, after a while, I'm like, it doesn't feel right. Like cold messaging people. So, yeah. so I, I changed my strategy. I didn't want that. So yeah, I, I like what I'm doing now. I like the strategy I'm doing. So, you know, like, yeah, you know, more like a laid back, you know, and then let them get to know me and then I'll mm-hmm. message them and just kind of like more go with the flow. And also from from uh, from memory, I remember that you don't just post about like business related mm-hmm. uh, things on, on your LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's also part of your strategy. Yeah, so so that's what personal branding is, right? So I post around my personal brand. So my personal brand revolves around, of course, money, mm-hmm. money, money mindset, and of course, uh, spirituality, inspiration, motivation. And I sometimes post about my pets too, my pet, <laughs> our dogs. <laughs> so like, like tomorrow, I'll be doing a post actually about it because it's called, um, there's a love your, love your pet day, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, well, so. that's very very on target there yeah so so no so, someone told me about it i didn't even know it's like hey do you know it's love your pet day tomorrow it's like oh really okay so then i got the content idea that i'm like you know what i'll write about my dog so i already have mm-hmm. it prepared for tomorrow to post <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute yeah. so before you uh before you mentioned that you quit your job last may 
Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about, about your job and what you did? Yeah, so um, <laughs> my major was computer science. So I graduated mm-hmm. uh, with that. I mean, I didn't know what I want. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I want to do, right? So I just majored in that because it's computer, you know, it's the computer age dot com so you'll get a good job with doing that so i did that and you know i didn't have i didn't regret getting that degree because it was fairly easy for me to get a job so i got into data analytics and i was doing that for 10 years at least 10 years and then you know i just wasn't happy doing that i mean you know you know the feeling you're just like ah dragging yourself to do stuff so yeah i just i just didn't know what i want to do i'm like i don't want to do this for 30 more years so I think I, then I wanted to switch something in finance and I work with a life coach. She kind of told me, Hey, you love talking about money. You love about everything, personal finance. So then I'm like, hmm. and I wasn't ready to quit my job because you know, the stability of a paycheck, you know, there's just so much, you know, it's just so much more stability with corporate job. So, so yeah, so I switched to corporate finance It within my, I was working at Visa, so I switched to corporate finance thinking, oh, yeah, I'll be in finance, so maybe this will kind of meet my need. So I switched, and then I did that for maybe at least a year. And then I realized, yeah, corporate finance is so different from personal finance, and there was no sense. I didn't feel a sense of fulfillment, so I Mm -hmm. said, then finally, I think last April or, yeah, I think March, April timeframe, I was, no, actually, it was more March, yeah like March timeframe, I started to struggle. I'm like, yeah, I'm not happy doing this. I mean, it was, oh, it was nice to switch career, but it still was corporate finance. Like I didn't really care much about corporate finance. I want to deal with people's personal finance. Mm-hmm. So that's why I told myself, you know what? Um, I'm going to save a year worth of living expenses. And then, um, then I'm just going to give it my all. So the worst case scenario is that if I, it doesn't work out, then I'll go back to corporate. So I kind of set my mindset to that. Okay, let's, I'll give it my all. Don't worry for one year so much about the profit, whatever, because I have the savings. Worst case, I just go back. So I, it probably took me about a month to make the decision because the main, the big thing was really the finance part. And then I did, I look at my finances. I cut back on a lot of things. I also did my retirement modeling to make sure, hey, what if I don't make a profit? Will I still be okay? So my retirement model, which is kind of a model that I created to see if what whatever money I have invested so far, will that sustain me to retirement till I'm 90 years old? So even with even if I quit my job, if I'm not profitable, I'm still okay. So that gave me the confidence. You know what? I, I think I'm okay. If I, if I don't even make a profit, but I can still sustain or pay my bills and stuff, I'm still, I'm still going to be okay. So those were like the worst case scenario in terms of profit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the very worst. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so if I'm okay. So that was a factor, that one, and saving one year worth of expenses and then telling myself, yeah, you know, if, I, if things doesn't work out, I'll just go back to corporate. And then, yeah, I think with that, I think after a month, I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll do this. So I gave my, I gave a one month notice actually. So, <laughs> you know, so you were like, ready. I yeah, I wasn't going anywhere anyway. So I gave them a very long notice, one mm-hmm. month. <laughs> well, that's good. But you said that you saved all this money for a year, but yes. I'm assuming you didn't do that within that one month. You were, you've been doing it for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been saving money. It's just that, um, I mean, I've always been investing money. So what I've been doing was I stopped investing the money. So I just kind of move it back to savings. So that way I have it. it it's, it's easier for me to take the money out if need be. So yeah. I, stopped, I stopped aggressively investing and I just slowly move my money to my savings and start saving till I hit that one year mark. And then, then I'm like, yeah, okay. I have that one year set aside for the, to sustain myself for one year. So for people who, who want to quit their job and make their side job, their full-time job, mm-hmm. how much, how much money should they save? Like how much, what would you recommend they save before well, making first, that jump? First of all, I, um, I would advise this to anyone do um, when you're doing a side business, do that on the side first while you have a full-time job. So mm-hmm. do it for at least a year till you build up, you know, till you build up the confidence, till you build up the knowledge that, um, you know, this is something you really want to do. 
first of all, because then you don't know if you want to do it till you actually do it. Mm-hmm. So that's first thing you, you really want to do this. So do it for at least a year. And second, that you feel like your business is kind of growing. So when you feel it's growing, then you can start to save up for that money. You know, do that. I think, um, I think if it is your first year, save at least six months worth of expenses. So the, if you're more conservative, save up to a year worth of expenses. Mm-hmm. But, but the minimum will be six months worth of cost of living expenses. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't really know if you want to do it until you actually do it. <laughs> so you don't quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Never quit your job. Oh my God. I've had friends who quit their job thinking, you know, like they, they thought they were looking at it as from a low, rose colored glasses. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to make this money five digit uh, income in like a couple of months, whatever. And then, most of the time, well, actually, no, it, it happened to them. Like, what happened is that they actually end up having to go back to look for a job. So, because they didn't plan it well. Yeah. I guess that's what happens if you don't plan it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, don't do that. Just, just, just do it part-time and then, you know, take it easy. Because then if you don't plan it well, then it's like, you're going to end up going back to corporate, which you're trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, then you might as well, you know, just, just do it right from the very beginning. Yeah. When you made the, when you gave your corporate employer your yes. one month notice, yes. did you have any fears? And if so, what were they? Um, well, the first week I was very excited. Um, <laughs> yes. I finally gave my notice. Finally. So I was yeah. so relieved and jumping up and down. Like I was like literally just like on in the, <laughs> like honeymoon phase. Of first week. <laughs> and like, I think second week or third week, I started to question myself. I'm like, oh crap did I make the right decision then I was mm. start to questioning myself I'm like yeah. oh did I make the right decision I was like I was starting to be terrified and then my my boss was very supportive of me he said you know what just do it you already saved your money for one year so what are you afraid of the worst case thing scenario is that you can just come back to corporate because you have a lot of marketable skills so so yeah I mean the third week third week and fourth week was tough because I was starting to question my decision but mm-hmm. I think I have some friends who reminded me of it. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll be okay. Then. <laughs> so I just had to remind me myself the reason, you know, that I gave myself for quitting the job. <laughs> yeah, but it's so nice that your boss was supportive of you doing this. Yeah, I had nothing against corporate. It was, um, you know, I had good people to work with. I had a good boss. So, I mean, at the time when I left, I had a good boss. I mean, I had my share of not so good bosses, but <laughs> but that one was good. You know, mm-hmm. I really liked her. And yeah, I was very fortunate. I had a good boss and then she was supportive. And yeah, so so that made it a little easier for me. And, you know, I was very open and honest with her. And then she was, um, you know, and then she could tell that I wasn't happy at work because, you know, we do talk and, mm-hmm. and you know, and then it was that conversation, you know, the yearly conversation where they ask you, oh, what do you want to do five years from now? <laughs> yeah. You know, the annual <laughs> evaluation. And I, they always ask you that question. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, not be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the time I told her, yeah, you know what? I kind of want to be my own boss. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's so. funny. Okay, so let's get into more about what you do. You're a financial coach. Yes. So what, what does it mean to be a financial coach? Yeah, so for me, um, so at the basic foundation, it's helping people have a great relationship with money. So, so what does that mean? Having a great relationship with money? It means that, um, you know, when you have problems with money, for example, if you have debt, you, you know, you, it's like when you feel money, it's out of control with money, then you kind of know that you don't have a good relationship with money. So you need to have that strong foundation. So that means you actually need to have um, your finances in order. You have to have a budget and you just, you just know where your money's at. You know where you're going and you're, you're, you're in charge of money. Mm-hmm. So, so I help guide people to get to the point where they have a great relationship with money. And then whatever the barrier to getting there, I help them with overcoming any of those. May, maybe that's a mindset issue. Maybe that could be, you know, they don't have enough money. They're living uh, paycheck to paycheck or they're on negative cash flow. 
or they could possibly have a lot of money already, but they just don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Or like they're, they're confused about, oh, do I have enough money to retire on? So we'll do a retirement model and see, hey, oh, okay, I see. And figure out, you know, how much money do you need to retire on? Do you have that money? And then let's start planning for the future. So it comes in all variety, you know, like that's why I don't, I don't really have a niche. I mean, I have a preference toward working for working professionals, like young working professional. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like when people find me, they come to me if I can help them. I, uh, you know, I usually don't turn people away if I can help them. Why, why do you prefer young, young professionals, young working professionals? Yeah, because I feel I can make more of a difference. Like I have Mm -hmm. a, Two, actually two of my clients right now, they're young women. They're like early 20s. And I feel like I'm kind of like their sister. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because then, you know, they because money is such a huge part of your life, right? So then it's sort of becoming like a life coaching because then, mm. you know, then, I mean, it, it just, it's just part of everything. Like then you start talking about, you know, they start talking about their, life what they want to do with their life their career i mean why do people want better careers that's usually means more money right <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> i mean a better career usually equates to more money so so that's why money is like such a huge part of your life you know yeah. so so yeah then i just feel like the younger you are then the more difference i can make then sometimes a lot of them they just need a lot, a lot some sort of life coaching too some guidance as to what to do with their life like for example you know, one of them like was like she's a single mom. You know, she's early twenties. You know, she gave birth when she was young. She's not with the father of the child anymore. Mm-hmm. So she kind of is has to be on her own. So I told her, I advised her to go back to school because she can't keep making the money she's making right now. So, but I I got her to find another job, a better paying job with a regular hours, nine to five versus like grape shift hours so, oh, so that's yeah. a huge difference to her especially when she has a child so she was very happy about that because she needed someone to push her to that direction and yeah. another another client of mine she's early 20s and then she's getting out of her student loan debt so she's very happy about that and you know she she got out of a credit card loan debt and then now she's in control of her finances because she has a budget now and then she's very happy with her budget and then so she um she's actually like an entrepreneur now doing her own thing because she does video editing photo editing so you know that's very easy to do freelance work with that so she does a lot of that and but at the same time she's still kind of still looking for a job but she doesn't need to have a job so she can kind of be an entrepreneur if she wants to so so like just shifting that mindset because like some people are like they're not comfortable being entrepreneur, but I mean, if you can make it, you can be profitable being an entrepreneur, then go for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually very curious about your opinion on this because mm-hmm. you said money is very much a part of all of our lives, whether we like it or not, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what, what is your advice or what do you tell people when people are very much against talking about money? Because most people are uncomfortable talking about their finances. Um, yes, that is true. Even with friends, like I have some girlfriends, I know they're struggling with money right now, but they don't, they don't even like to talk to me about it sometimes because they know what I do, but then they're, you know, because they're, you know, because there's a shame to that, right? So Mm -hmm. with friends, you know, I'm okay. I mean, that's up to them. They want to come to me, but there is usually a shame for, to that. And, um, yeah, I mean, typically people don't open up about that. I mean, it really depends. I mean, if you're comfortable with someone, you know, I mean, you just kind of say that in general, then you don't really say your salary and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so, but I mean, there's, I mean, I have nothing against, you know, I mean, it really depends on your comfort level, what you want to share with people about money. But when it comes to your, um, your spouse, for sure, I mean, I, I, I kind of require like married couples to start opening up on that one because then mm-hmm. you can't believe there are married couples who actually <laughs> don't see their finances. They're oh like, my God. Yeah, there are. You'll be surprised like why are they even married and they don't even look at each other's finances. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I also advise like my, um, my two young clients, like, you know, when you're starting to date someone, like when you start to get more serious, then start, to talk about your finances early because then you want to see that 
both of you are on the same page when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. important. Yes, that's very important. Like even with my boyfriend, like when I was always dating, I was always paying attention to their financial habit because for me, that's, <laughs> yeah, because that's that's very important. Like you don't want to be with someone who, you know, who who's not good with their money because yeah. then that will so, cause issues later on. Yeah. So what what habits were you paying attention to? Um, I think just by the conversation, you can just pick it up. Like you know, like mm. you know, like for example, you can you can tell like if the person has um you know, it's conscious about money, it's frugal, because there's a difference between frugal and cheap. I, I actually did a post on that, the difference between cheap and frugal. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind frugality. It's the cheap one that's, you know, you don't want to be with <laughs> our own cheap people. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I pay, you can tell like they're frugal and smart with money. They always, you know, they, they, they invest their money. They, you know, you can tell, I don't know, like, like, you know, do they, you know, are they generous? So I like people who are generous, but also frugal. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they like to take care of you, but at the same time, they're also thinking about their future. And also they, you know, I, I like when I like to see someone who, you know, like who's not ashamed of money, who's not ashamed to say, I love money. I want to make more money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah. and then, yeah, because there's a stigma to that. A lot of people say that, yeah, money's not important, you know, whatever, but but I think that's just a social stigma. And then I'm all about, you know, making people embracing money, like embracing loving money, you know, because money is just a tool, you know, if you're, if you're a good person, then you're going to do more good things with money, of course. And if you're mm-hmm. a bad person, you're going to use money for evil purposes. So, yeah. so that's why, you know, embrace money. Like for me, it's a money mantra, actually, like I love money, money loves me. So that's a positive, that's a positive affirmation right there. I hope you have that framed in your house. (laughs) (laughs) I I tell it to myself a lot. (laughs) You wake up, you're like, I love money. Money loves me. (laughs) Because you want to get into the abundance mindset. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you want to get to the energy level where you're attracting money. If you're familiar with the law of attraction, it's like whatever you vibrate, you attract. So if you love money then you're allowing money to love you back to come to you. So if yeah. you say you hate money, then money's not going to come to you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I think that's great. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And yeah. I want to add to that. So other than maybe having a mantra, what do you, what advice do you give people? Like, let's say general advice you want to give people to have like a better handle of their finances. So you said yes. mantra, talking to your spouse or your significant other about it. Is there anything else? Uh, yes. The first step is to have a budget. Everyone Ooh. should have a budget. Okay. Yes. Everyone. So no matter how rich you are. Yes. Rich people have a budget, I'm sure. Unless unless they are multimillionaire, they don't manage their money, then for I, I usually, I mean, I'm only dealing with the average people, not the multimillionaire, because I don't really mm-hmm. care for the multimillionaires. They don't, need, <laughs> <laughs> they don't need a financial coach. Okay, you can have like, <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, yeah, no, you need a budget regardless. If you want to start with pen and paper, that's easy. You just have to track all the money that comes in and all the money that goes out. And the simplest thing is really just pluses and minuses, but you have to think about uh, it in a way like, you're building a relationship with money. How do you build that relationship? By spending time with money, by paying attention to money. Mm-hmm. So that's what's called a money date. You're, you know, you're having a money date with your budget. That's with your money. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. So that's why I, I created an online course for budgeting. So for people who doesn't know where to start. So it's, 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 it's basically the system I use, you know, I use Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet. So mm-hmm. it's fairly simple, you know, you don't need to be very elaborate about it, but I teach the system I use and which I've been using for the past 10 years. And this is what I use also for my clients. I mean, if they don't have a template to begin with and they don't know where to start, so they can kind of use my template. Uh, but, but again, um, you can use a pen and paper too, if that makes sense, because I have a good friend of mine she just used pen and paper because that's what makes sense to her. She wants to write it down. Yeah. And I guess that kind of forces her to look at what's going on. 
yeah, whatever that will force you. But for me, I love Excel. I'm an Excel geek, <laughs> so I, I use Excel all the time for all my modeling, for all my financial mm. analysis. So that's why I use Excel and that's what I teach my clients. And I guess maybe the lack of budget is why, you know, when people win the lottery, they become millionaires really quickly. Yes. And then they lose it also I, very I, quickly. I just did a post on that. Really? Oh my yeah. God, I didn't even see it. Okay, I'll, I'll send it to you. But yeah. it, I did a post on that. Actually, a lot of people liked it. There was like 500 likes to that post. Oh my God, I could have been that. I could have written that post. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, can so, write a similar post. <laughs> so what did, you, what did you say in your post about millionaires? Um, it, it's literally about, um, yeah, if you, have a tau- if you don't learn how to manage a thousand, you won't learn how to manage $10,000. So that's mm-hmm. why millionaires... They go broke because they haven't learned how to manage the first thousand dollars. Because usually yeah. the the one that go broke were the ones who never learned how to manage the first thousand dollars anyway, mm-hmm. or even the first hundred dollars. Yeah, and I also think manage it's it's so widely used across literally any single subject. But I like that when you were talking about it, you're giving us examples, as in like pay attention to it you know create a budget kind of have a relationship with it you know exactly really that's a key word relationship have a relationship money just just like with anything right if you have a pet like i have a good relationship with my pets right so you pay attention like they can't talk so you have to pay attention to body (laughs) language right i mean i mean they bark but it's not like they can communicate their needs so it's the same thing with money. Like, you know, like it's nonverbal with money. You have to pay attention. If, if money is in debt, then yeah, you have a problem. Then what do you do? Then you, you figure out how do you fix that problem? It's the same thing with your dog. Like, okay, if they're in pain, then what do you do? You take them to the vet. You find solution to it. So same thing with money. You find solution. Okay. So you just mentioned debt. If people who are listening to this right now are in debt, what are your top three tips for them? budget <laughs> okay that's that's number one so number two mm-hmm. um well usually for my clients of debt well so we need to set them it depends on the debt okay so there's many different debts so if it's mm-hmm. credit card debt for sure that has to go so so usually with credit card debt we figure out a consolidation loan like maybe um I usually ask them to look around for a consolid um a refinancing loan that's a better rate than credit card so that's one option. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other option is to find another um, credit card where there's zero balance transfer. I mean, ideally, I don't, I mean, if they can find one, then that would be good. Then they can just transfer the 0% balance transfer. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you, but usually they only give you like one year time frame, right? Then you have to pay it off in like one year. So, mm-hmm. so that's one option. And the other thing also, yeah, basically when you have a budget, you have, you have to see like where can you cut down so you know you and then increase income if you can because we have to pay off that debt so increase income by having a side job or maybe selling stuff from your home or just doing whatever you can or maybe you need to find a better job so but again if you make more money and then you spend it all then that then it doesn't matter right so that's like the budget comes in place so that way you know the extra money you make is going to go towards the debt Mm-hmm. So it's it's very much about just increasing your revenue so you can pay it off. Well, and cutting expenses too, if you can. That's why you look at your budget and see where else can you cut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending okay. on your priority, of course. So that's credit card debt. Credit card has to go um, for the like student loans. So it depends. Some student loans, if, if you have a high interest, then I also recommend refinancing. So I have a partnership with a bank where you can get a lower interest but but you do need a lot of cash for that one so so it depends on the bank and there will be other refinancing option as well and then um as far as mortgage so i don't have a problem with mortgage debt i actually prefer to write out my mortgage debt so i have a 30-year mortgage so mm-hmm. i'm deciding to write out my 30-year mortgage i'm actually going to write a post about that because for me my mortgage it only costs me like 3.6%. And then after the tax deduction, it only cost me 3.5%. I would rather invest my money, which gives me like 7, 8% rate of return than pay off my mortgage. So I get better rate of return by investing rather than pay off my mortgage. So again, it, it, it depends on like 
where else, where can you get your better ROI? For sure, credit cards, there's no way you're going to get consistent 20% rate of return because the yeah. credit card is like 20%. So that really has to go. <laughs> okay, okay. And you also mentioned refinancing. Can you explain that concept in more detail? Yeah, so for example, credit card. Let's say you have five credit cards and then the total like maybe each one is like two to 2000 so that's $10,000 total. So when you refinance or consolidate, you you find a lender that will pay off all your credit cards so they will loan you $10,000 and depending on your credit score, you get different rates. So let's say let's say you get the best rate because I had a client who actually got an 8% interest rate. So that I think that's very very good. Mm-hmm. So she he got an 8% uh, interest rate consolidation. So that was $10,000. So with that money, he was able to pay off all the five credit cards. So now he's only have one loan and it's at a fixed term, like maybe three year or five year term. But, but we made sure he had a monthly, monthly payment of something that he can afford. Yeah, that's a lot of finance stuff at me all at once, but I'll, t- I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I- it, it in a nutshell, basically, in a nutshell, it's just like if you have five credit cards, you're just trying to make your life simple by having one. So first of all, you're fixing, um, making complicated to simple with just mm-hmm. one. The second thing is that you're lowering your interest rate from a 20 plus interest rate to 88%. So that's saving you a lot of money right there with the interest. So that's mm-hmm. the second reason. The third reason is you're on a fixed term. So, so with credit card, I mean, you're going to be on credit card forever if you're going to pay only the minimum. So you're never going to yeah. get out of it. So having it on a consolidated plan or refinancing, you have a term, like three-year term, meaning you pay it off in three years or five years. Uh, you know, usually I try to keep it three or five years only. Then you'll have a monthly payment that's more manageable to your budget, you know, depending on, on the term and the interest rate. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, yep. Yeah, because like the goal is that you want it you want it to fit your budget, but at the same time you know that whatever you're paying, you know that it's gonna end soon, not like credit card, which will become forever unless you know how to pay it off. hmm That's why you need a budget. Yes, again, I'm, budget. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> so I kinda wanna shift gears here and go back a little bit in your story. Sure. Last year, you quit your corporate job. You said you're going to give it your all to your side hustle and help people with their personal finance. Mm-hmm. How did you get your first customers? Yeah, so I asked my friends and family. Well, actually friends. Um, yeah, my family isn't here. So yeah, it was all friends. So actually, it, they were my girlfriends who had problems with their finances. So I mm-hmm. asked them and they're like, yeah, of course. So so yeah, I did help them out. I think I did got them on a budget initially, but I think their problem was that they need someone to hold their hand consistently, but they never continue with the plan. So that's why, but I did sat down with them, you know, all three of them. And then they, they wrote me a review as a, as an, you know, um, because I helped them out. So they wrote me a review after I got three reviews on Yelp. So people start to find me. So I think, and I built a website. So for some reason, one, I remember my first paying client. He's actually an older guy, retired. He found me through just Googling me. I have no idea what he Googled. He found me (laughs) and he's from East Coast and he wanted someone to help him with his retirement budget. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time building the retirement budget for him and he was happy with it. And I remember I... I was so happy when he finally paid me. That was like my first pay from from my side business. So I was Yay. Like, wow. Yeah, so that probably took a month to, yeah, I think I started in August by doing it for my friends. Then I started having a website and Yelp. So finally, I think in September, he paid me. So September, my first uh, ever revenue. Yeah. And I think uh, since I have reviews, then people start to find me on Yelp and Google. So then I start, yeah, and I just start slowly having clients. So I think it started with maybe one client and then, then two clients. So then but just snowballed. I, yeah, and I, but I usually always have clients though. Like every week, I think I was talking to at least one person every week. But since it was just part-time, so yeah, it was just maybe one, you know, one, between one to three people every week. Oh, that's really cool that everything just picked up. 
Did you did you have a website from the beginning? Uh, yes, yes. I recommend everyone have a website when they start their business. Yeah, because if this guy found you on Google, it must have been because of your website. Yes, yes, yeah. And okay. and um, yeah. And I know you gave me the advice to <laughs> write down more more blogs, but I haven't gotten to yet. I, I'm not I'm not very good at that. Like I'm very good at LinkedIn to post daily, but mm-hmm. my website is just like I feel like I need to hire someone to write my blog. <laughs> so that way just just so it will be consistent every week. So mm-hmm. that's something that um I'm trying to push myself to do more of. But at least I, I wanna try to do it once a month at least so something that I can handle because I was trying to do it every week and I couldn't I was I mean, I did write newsletter every week, like two weeks mm-hmm. consistently, but after that, I, <laughs> I wasn't very consistent. So I think I'm going to just do it once a month, like newsletter and blog post. <laughs> okay. Okay. Christine, we'll talk after this about that. <laughs> I'll help you out. <laughs> okay. So the reviews on Yelp, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, we don't really use Yelp that much here in Canada. Can you just explain like I guess it's very popular because you're not the first person to tell me how that they got customers from Yelp. So you just yeah. kind of have a profile on there? Um, let me ask you. So it, it's basically a website where people search for reviews. Yeah, th- that I know. But yeah. like, is it because you, you have a profile on there? Um, yeah, yeah. I create my own profile. I put my mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you just put your picture and then your profile and then they ask you some questions to confirm your business. And then, um, yeah, and then if people like your business and, you know, I ask my, you know, I ask my clients like, yeah, can you write me a review if you're happy with my services? So they usually write the review and then just slowly it's been growing from Yelp. And I also do on Google. So Google is a separate thing too. So I recommend everyone to be, just to be everywhere where there's reviews so people will find you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the key that on how you grew your business. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still get most of your leads from those reviews? Yes. A, a lot of, so, okay. There's two places I get a lot of my clients on Yelp and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Oh, so not Google reviews? Um, Google once in a while. They, people in Silicon Valley where I live tend to like using Yelp, but I've hmm. had some people who do find me on Google. So being on Google, you know, at least pushes you to the SEO when people search for financial coach. Yeah, it's, it's still worth it. Yeah. So I think what happened is that if I'm on Google, if they search me, they'll see me and then they'll see my Yelp page, then mm-hmm. they go to Yelp. And I feel like also your LinkedIn is just so huge that people might see you on LinkedIn, then they'll go Google you, and then they'll find all those reviews. Yeah, hopefully. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you. I've never asked anybody. What, do you, what are the downsides of having your own business? Uh, downside. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So in the beginning, the downside was really just the stress of not having a regular paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knowing not knowing how much you're gonna make that month. <laughs> so pretty much, um, so if you're a really real, if you're serious about your business and you're a hustler, so you're gonna have to work really hard the first two weeks to make sure you're gonna get a lot of business. So that way, your third and fourth week, you kind of just relax. <laughs> do you do that every month? Like you hustle the first two weeks? Uh, then- yeah, yeah, pretty much. Every month can be stressful. Like you know, then I I like okay, the first two weeks, I'm like, I'm really like you know, focus. Oh yeah. Like I actually do a lot more stuff on LinkedIn because I do, um, I do a lot of messaging people, but it's not cold messaging. It's mm-hmm. like messaging people who already like my post. So just starting a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So for like this month, this month actually has, has been really, really well. I was profitable pretty much after the first week. So I, I was kind of taking it easy, like the rest of the week. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm still getting clients and stuff like that, but at least you're not as stressed. Like after you kind of, you know, once I meet my profit and then I break even then I can relax a little bit after that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's very stressful. You never have any consistent income. Is there anything else that you would say is stressful or? Uh, I know for some people, one of their stress is that 
sometimes they might feel lonely because you're you're at home but for me like I talk to a lot of people every day like I'm talking mm-hmm. to you now I'm on LinkedIn talking to a lot of people I talk to my clients I network so I don't yeah there's yeah I don't feel lonely and I have my dogs here but I know some people they they don't like being at home all the time especially yeah. solopreneur so so for me that's not a problem and I'm trying to think what else I love that <laughs> I love how you said oh, I hustled the first week, made my profit, and then you kind of took it easy. Because a lot of people would say, well, like, why didn't you do that the whole month and you can make so much more money? But it just goes to show that your biggest goal is not to make as much money as as you can. It's to, like, live the life that you want, you know, with your dogs and your boyfriend. So that's that's awesome to hear. Yes, because, I mean, you know, I knew when I first quit my job, I wasn't going to make as much as corporate, and that's okay. But Actually, I was fortunate. Um, I think this month, I probably, um, if I make the same amount of money I make this month, then I'll, I'll pretty much, you know, match what I was making already at corporate. So, so, but in the beginning, you know, I mean, the focus really is that I, I want to be able to live a lifestyle I want, you know, wake up whenever I want to, mm-hmm. you know, you control your schedule. If I want to block my day off, then I just block the entire day. So I just love the autonomy. I, I love I love being in control of everything. Like I don't have anyone to answer to and stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it just trumps everything about corporate. Like I don't even have to worry about, you know, the, the consistent income anymore because now I think my business got to a point where it's already successful as it is. I mean, like I still have to work hard the first two weeks just to make sure that I'm profitable because like, that's my goal to always be profitable every month. Cause if I'm not profitable, then I need to figure out, how to not <laughs> get there. Yeah. Again. But, but luckily, since I be, I quit my job in May, I've only been unprofitable one month. Like that was in the month of June last year because that was summer. But other than that, the rest of the month was actually profitable. I mean, they weren't, they weren't as well, but at least they, you know, they paid all my bills plus I got some money left to save. So to me, that was successful. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's great. And I love that your focus is not to make as much money as you can. It's very much for your autonomy and controlling your day. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know some entrepreneurs like, oh, I gotta make like 10k or five digit month every yeah. month, and then it's like for me, it's I, you know, I I always try to make people focus on like you know like what's important to you. Like if you're if you're saving enough for your future, you know, and then like sometimes you don't even need millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're happy with what you're doing, and then you're making enough, and then you're living a lifestyle you like, you know, not like. A lifestyle where in you have to penny pinch all the time but but you're living something that's meaningful to you you're able to if you want to eat out a lot then make sure that's that fits your budget and you're still in positive cash flow then that's great because for me like um our food budget is the highest because we love eating out and i'm fine with that <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. i live in bay area silicon valley there's so many food here so so we love eating out so to me and then like for example, self-care, massage. So I have a budget for that too. So for me, I, I want that. And of course, we want to try to uh, spend, you know, uh, save money for traveling too. So we're saving money for traveling as well. So for me, all of that is what matters to me. And then do you need a million dollars for us? So you have to figure out, right? So for me, it's not really. So when I did my retirement model, it wasn't based on millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It was really just, yeah, okay, this is how much money I need to live a life I want. And then is this enough? So then for me, it was enough. And then whatever I'm doing now is, is, is working towards the goal. Yeah, I love that. I love that that's whole, your whole perspective on it. And you're not telling, like even, and you work with money every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I love that you're just like, yeah, it's, I love money, but you know what? I just need what I need and everything else is great. Yeah, but at the same time, you want to have that abundance mindset of like attracting money. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's always open for money to come in. So it's like, then, you know, then you don't have to worry as much. Because like for me, like it's more at ease, like money comes in, it's easy, then I don't have to worry as much. So it's like, it just flows in and then like, and and whatever extra, then I can think of, you know, other things to do with the extra money. Yeah, like vacations and massages. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome so I remember when we when we first spoke I asked you this question I want to see if you're going to say the same thing I asked you is there anything you you would do differently in your like in your experience of starting your own business well 
the fact that I did my, um, I run my side business while having a corporate job. So that one I wouldn't change. So what I think I, what I would change was probably, um, you know, to start acting like I have my business full time. So start acting like I didn't have that paycheck. So I think I would have probably done it faster or grown faster or quit my job faster had mm. I acted like I had no paycheck. Mm, that's what you said last time. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. yeah, you said I would have quit my job sooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Then I'm trying to think what else would I do differently? Uh, you know, yeah, nothing really. I think that would, that's the only thing that, that pops up in my head. Like, you know, like if you want to do it faster, then yeah, act like you have no regular paycheck and then then you'll actually work hard and you'll market it more. But at the same time, know that you have the luxury of time because you have that corporate job. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually great advice. I'm going to take that advice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we end this interview, I want to ask you if there's anything else you want to share with the audience today. Um, yeah, I, I just want to tell everyone to, you know, like, um, you know, pursue your dreams, like, you know, do what makes you happy because life is too short. Like if you're not happy with what you do, then, then take advantage of that full-time job of your regular salary. But, you know, we're, we're born to, to live a life we love, to be happy every day. So if you notice you're not happy, you know, like every day, then something has to change and then look inside yourself and then, you know, just do what you love and then, you know, it doesn't have to be right away. So, but at least you need to have a plan. Like, how are you going to get there? But, but I always encourage everyone, you know, I want everyone to do what they love to do. You know, if, if you love being an employee, you love your job, then go mm-hmm. for it. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. But if you don't love it, then figure out a plan to get there. So I, I just want that for everybody. That was a great way to end the interview. Thank you so much for that. And And thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here with me. So yeah, thank you. Of course. Thank you, Laura. Before leaving, I want to highlight how refreshing it is to hear that autonomy and having control over her day is what makes Christine successful in her eyes. It made me reflect on my goals and exactly what I need to do to achieve them. And you know, it doesn't take millions of dollars to reach them. It makes my goals seem more attainable and that's very encouraging. So hopefully this episode got you to reflect on your goals and the money you need to live the lifestyle that you want. Thanks for listening, everyone.